Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So, what episode is this? I Is this episode 9? Oh my gosh, we're approaching episode 10, and that is pretty exciting. Um, make sure that you are listening and staying in tune because next month we have some pretty exciting things happening that I definitely don't want you guys to miss out on. So continue listening, continue sharing, and supporting the podcast however you do because it's very appreciated and I don't want you to miss what is coming up in the future. So let's do a little weekly recap. I'm thinking that this week is probably the most uneventful week of my life. Um, I haven't done anything, so I went to school, and that was pretty, you know, average. They announced this week that my district would be going back five days a week for in-person learning when we are currently doing two to three days a week on a hybrid schedule. And my feelings about that are very mixed, and they're definitely not optimistic feelings, and I I just don't really know how to feel about it. It's definitely an interesting move, and through the trends that I've seen in people's behavior out in public and in the school building, it kind of scares me going back five days a week, but... It's almost to the point, like, what are you going to do about it? This is how it is now. We all have to learn to adapt and to kind of grow with the changes, you know, which is definitely a difficult thing to do, especially when you're feeling apprehensive about a decision like this one. But that is the thing that we're doing. So I will definitely keep you guys updated on that when we actually make the change to going back five days a week. It's not supposed to happen for about, uh, I guess, two or three weeks from now. So we have some time to get mentally adjusted to the idea, which is good because I definitely need to mentally prepare myself for it. Because if it was to happen this week, then that would put me in shambles. I mean, it would be quite the disaster for me mentally. So it's good that I've been given some time to kind of think about and process over it. So I know a lot of us are kind of floating in the same boat right now about schools are making decisions, workplaces are making decisions. You know, you're seeing people talk about stuff like this in the media, and it's becoming more widespread, the idea of going back full-time, full capacity in certain places. So I feel like a lot of us are kind of feeling the same thing. Well, we're, we, we're feeling, we're having emotions on the same topic, but we're all definitely feeling different because just based on conversations that I've had with people, some people are like fully equipped to the idea of going back full speed ahead on certain things, which is kind of scary. But you know, it is how it is, different opinions, you know, there's nothing you can overly do about that, but that's something that happened. I've been going to the gym a lot, which feels great. I know people really hate the idea of exercise and working out, which is fine. That's completely understandable. I like, I can totally see where you're coming from, But I feel like mindset has a lot to do with that because in my mind, I'm definitely not working out to look a certain way or to change this about myself or something. You know, in your mind, you have like self-improvement ideas like I wish I could tone up this area of my body or gain strength in this area. And, you know, we all have personal goals. And I think that that is totally fine. And that's definitely like a normal thing. But I feel like when you start changing your mindset to I'm working out to feel good or I'm working out so that my body gets movement, then I feel like that is when real change happens. And I tell that to a lot of people because like there's a lot of people in my life that I talk to that they just don't like the idea of working out, which is fine. But for me, sitting at home all day and not doing anything because, you know, because I don't go to school the full week at least I don't yet and you know just sitting at home containing your own space all the time not having any movement feels really gross to me 
I really like movement. So it's fun to like get outside and do a run or to do a walk or to do some stretches or some yoga outside. That is really good for your body and it's good for your mindset. So when I started thinking about exercise as more movement oriented and not I want to look this way oriented, then that is when I can like put on workout clothes and be like, okay, I'm going to the gym. This is exciting. This is fun. And that that's definitely been a goal of mine is to view workout that way and to view just, you know, exercise in a positive way rather than a negative way. So I'm glad that I'm starting to fully come around to that idea. And I really do like exercising in the little bits during the week that I can because my weeks do get pretty busy sometimes. So just finding little ways to exercise here and there has been a really good thing for me. And I really do like that. And let's see about this weekend. So I didn't really do anything this weekend. I went thrifting, which is really cool, but we'll talk more about that in a second. Yesterday was the Grammys. Oh my gosh, guys, did you watch the Grammys? I posted a reel on Instagram yesterday, so that would have been on Sunday. And I was like, ah, the Grammys are tonight. Who's excited? I'm personally, you know, like really excited for Harry to open and to sing. And I have the yellow Fine Line Vintage tee that has like the Fine Line album cover in blue. And it says like, Fine Line, the new album by Harry Styles on Columbia Records. I <laughs> Me quoting the entire shirt. I have that shirt, so I wore it for the Grammy pre-ceremony and for the... And then I wore it for the countdown to the red carpet. And then when I was eating dinner, I spilled like sauce or something on it. And it really freaked me out because for a second there, I thought that the stain wouldn't come out, which I think it did because I put some shout stain remover on it and washed it like ASAP. And then I changed into the shirt that he was selling at the beginning of quarantine that says like, stay home, stay safe, like, I don't know, take care of each other or something. And then on the back, it says the shirt fights COVID-19, treat people with kindness. I have that shirt. Those are the only two pieces of like Harry merch that I have that's not fan made. So I, after I had to wash the fine line shirt, I immediately put on the other shirt because I had to support Harry throughout all moments of the Grammys. And it made me really upset when we didn't see him walk the red carpet when they were showing off the red carpet. But I saw on Twitter somewhere that like, artists that open the Grammys don't get to walk the carpet because they have to be there early. But I did see Haim on the carpet, so a little confused, but it's okay because we still got HQ pictures of him on the red carpet, and he looked gorgeous. Let's talk about his style for a second because this whole episode is fashion and style-based. So let's talk about the Grammy looks. He did the gorgeous leather jumpsuit, and, well, I guess leather two-piece suit because it was pants and then, like, a blazer. And then, like, the teal, like, green feathered boa. Oh, my gosh. We're bringing boas back. He really took bring your own boa to a new level. He was legit about it. Um, one of our friends, one of our family friends ordered me a boa on Amazon, and it's expected to come in on Wednesday. So I'll be matching with Harry. It's no big deal. But yeah, that outfit was great. I saw it being compared to the Elvis, like the return of Elvis show. That's what my mom compared it to. Because, you know, if you know like anything about Elvis, like he had a big break in the middle of his career and then he had the comeback show. So uh, Mom compared him to, like, the leather Elvis comeback show outfit. And then I saw so many people comparing it to an outfit that Freddie Mercury wore from Queen. And, oh, my gosh, the similarities were outstanding. But I think we're, I think we're all pretty aware that Harry derives fashion from many different people, like David Bowie, Elvis, Freddie Mercury, 
you know, tons of fashion icons. Mick Jagger, I have seen so many comparisons of things that Harry has worn to Mick Jagger. So I think we're all aware that he has obvious fashion inspirations, but he delivers it so well every single time. It's always seamless and it always looks good, which I just, I admire that. I genuinely admire that about him. And then he had on the amazing red carpet outfit that he wore and the outfit that he wore too except his Grammy in. He was nominated for three Grammys, and he won Best Pop Solo Performance for Watermelon Sugar, which is 100% deserved. He worked so hard on that song, and uh, it made number one on the Billboard charts and countdowns, so that was pretty amazing. I'm glad that that song got the recognition that it deserved, because it has been massively hated on for no reason. And then he changed into that orange suit with the black boa that was that was really stylish that was really iconic I really like that and then let's talk about Taylor Swift she had that gorgeous flower dress on with the matching flower mask and her hair was it looked like Rapunzel it literally looked like Rapunzel was brought to life and it was Taylor Swift She was just embodying the whole Rapunzel vibe, and I was 100% there for it. It looked so good on her. She's such a queen, like, in and out. She is so amazing. I mean, I practically made a whole episode on her where I talked about Miss Americana and her documentary and all things about Taylor. And if if you have never seen Miss Americana on Netflix, stop what you're doing right now go watch it, and then come back to this episode. It'll be here for you when you get back because I need everyone to see that. She's such a queen, and the way she talks and the way she speaks and her ideas and the way that she interacts with people, it's all done in such an amazing way that I feel like nobody can compare to. And it's so fantastic, and her performance was great. She put out, she sang three songs for us, Such a queen. It was so amazing. I was really shocked when Willow started playing because I thought she would stick to folklore and sing like Exile or something. But she threw in a little Willow and that was pretty great. Speaking of Evermore, I pre-ordered the vinyl just a few days ago and it's expected to come in like June 2nd or something like that. It's far out from now. So, but it's the dark green vinyl and it was on sale and I pre-ordered it and I'm so excited for it to come in. I have wanted this thing on vinyl ever since it came out in December. So I'm really looking forward to having it delivered to my house. So amazing. I pre-ordered it through Walmart and I have a friend that tried to order the uh, the Five Seconds of Summer Youngblood vinyl from Walmart and there were there were like issues with her air with her order which ultimately i think is what made it not come in but i felt like i feel like there was also an issue on walmart's end that like made her order not come through properly so like ultimately she didn't get the vinyl which is really upsetting because she wants it so bad but i'm scared that the Evermore vinyl won't come in because I bought it through Walmart and I've never bought things online from Walmart before so we'll just have to see how it happens. It's literally like three three or so months away from now so it's a long time but yeah so the Grammys were yesterday and they were fantastic. I genuinely feel like that was the best Grammys yet. It was the 63rd Grammys Let's talk about the host. Let's give up some mad props for the host. Not once did I hear a feminist joke or a like derogatory racist joke or anything like that because you know sometimes those award ceremony hosts they think that because they're running an award ceremony they can push the boundary but this guy didn't. I don't know what his name is. I didn't really pay attention that much to his name <laughs> or like when he introduced himself in the beginning, I just didn't really pay attention to it. But I did like the way that he interacted with the artists and the way that he presented things. It was really good. There was one presenter in the pre-show 
that was absolutely terrible. I mean, it was, it was bad. And if you're on Twitter at all, you probably saw people just completely backlashing him, which I'm not going to say it was deserved, but he definitely needed to be put in his place a little bit because it was kind of off the chain. But I really loved the main presenter and the main host of the show, of the main ceremony. It was great. The lineup was incredible. Dua Lipa's performance, oh my gosh, such a queen. I just don't, I don't understand how you can be that amazing. She sang two songs and the choreography, the dance moves, the outfit changes, the, oh oh my gosh, the stage presence is just unreal. I just listened to Future Nostalgia not that long ago. But there was not a single skip on the record. I mean, it was fantastic. And I definitely think I need to buy it on vinyl at some point because it was, that is a good album. She's so deserved best pop vocal album. Even though Harry was nominated for it, Dua Lipa was, that was incredibly deserving. She, 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 she deserved that. So that performance was awesome. I also think I need to go see her in concert at some point when concerts resume. But the music industry is so amazing. It felt like I was watching all of my friends win awards. And I know that's probably a funny way to describe it, but they were all so supportive of each other and no one got upset because they didn't win anything or or anything like that. And I don't know, the dynamics in the room and all of the chemistry between people and just the way that people interact. It was so, it was just so, I don't know, wholesome in a sense. I just love the music industry. I think they're so cool. And like, even like uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat, I don't listen to them, right? Like I don't listen to their music, but their performances were so good. And I loved their interviews on the red carpet. And when they were asked, like, what they were wearing and how they described everything. And Megan's acceptance speeches were so good. They were so good. I loved listening to her talk. It was just, she was just so funny and so sweet. So, I mean, like, even the people that I don't listen to, I really enjoyed seeing them at the Grammys and just seeing their performances and how they were as people. It was just a great show. It was all around pretty good. I don't know how long it went, but I stopped watching at like 11.10-ish because, you know, I'm 70 and I go to bed at 9 every morning or every night. So staying up till 11 was quite the stretch, but that was pretty good. This was a good fangirl moment. I really enjoyed talking about the Grammys here. That was fun. So, like I said earlier, this episode is all about fashion and it's about style and, you know, fashion journeys and kind of growing into yourself. So, I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast not that long ago. I guess it was last week sometime. And I listened to the episode all about fashion and I loved everything that she had to say and it was such an interesting take on the topic and I just genuinely enjoyed listening to her talk about it, so I thought, hey, why don't I make my own episode about it? I think that'd be fun. So that is exactly what we are doing today. We are talking about fashion and my journey with fashion, and at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about what you guys had to say about fashion, because I asked you on Instagram, and we got some responses. So... Like I said earlier, I went thrifting this weekend, and thrifting is so awesome. I just love thrifting so much, and if you really use your resources, you can find some pretty cool places that sell things that you never would have thought existed. So I went to a couple of different places. I went to this one store where they all of their clothes were a dollar. They had a dollar sale going on where all of the clothing, like, shirts, pants, I don't know, dresses, anything like that. They were all a dollar. So I bought some fun little pieces and I bought some things that I think are going to work out really good for summer. 
my style has evolved so much over the years and I used to be like disgusted at the idea of going to like Goodwill or to a thrift store or secondhand shops to get clothes from. I mean like I this I mean not this is not a joke guys. I would throw like fits if someone like dragged me into a thrift store and they and I had like had to stay in there while they shopped. I was so unpleased by it. I mean, for whatever reason, I was definitely not on board with that idea and I really did not like it. So I would always buy clothes, you know, from Kohl's, TJ Maxx, Target, you know, places like that that have more, I guess, name brand articles of clothing. And over the years, I really have become accustomed to shopping at Goodwill and shopping at thrift stores because A, um, you can buy so much more for like the amount of money that you're spending. Like 20 bucks at Target is going to buy you one thing where 20 bucks at Goodwill is going to get you six or seven things depending on what you buy. So, you know, that reason, I have really started to enjoy thrifting a lot more, especially like growing into your teen years and when you're trying to save money or, you know, you're trying to keep an eye on how much you're spending, trying to keep an eye on your bank account and stuff. Shopping at places like that is really useful. And A, it's more, or B, it's more sustainable. And I haven't really been into sustainability for a long time, but it's something that I have become like extremely, like it's something that I've honed in on a lot over the past couple of months. So looking into fast fashion and seeing the impacts of fast fashion on the world, it's absolutely like earth shattering when you read statistics about it. And when you see how much buying something from like Urban Outfitters affects the 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 world that it, how much it affects the earth so it's like shopping from thrift stores is one of I mean in my opinion it's one of the most sustainable things that you could do so I don't know I've just really I've really grown to like it over the years I'm not disgusted by it anymore which is a fantastic thing so I went thrifting and I got a couple of things and uh, like I said I feel like there's some things in there that are going to do really good for summer. I don't really like summer. It's my third favorite season because it goes winter, fall, summer, spring. Spring is just gross guys. Spring is so gross but I don't like summer because it gets so hot and then you get sticky and then you sweat and you get sunburned and it hurts and I don't know something about summer has always thrown me off and I really hate wearing shorts I have never liked shorts they're very uncomfortable but you know because I don't like summer that much I don't have a lot of summer quality clothes because I literally hoard sweaters I mean put me on hoarders because I have in I have an outrageous sweater collection. It's not good. So, you know, obviously, you can't wear sweaters in the summer because you will die from heat exhaustion. So, I bought a couple of fun pieces that are things that I actually look forward to wearing when the months start to get warmer. And if you shop at, like, this time of the year for summer clothes, they're going to be cheaper because they're not really in demand as much because we're still wearing sweaters. We're still wearing coats and jackets and long sleeves. Even if it's a lighter layer sweater or a lighter layer long sleeve, we're still wearing it because it's raining a lot or, you know, the wind is blowing and it gets really cold. So shopping for short sleeves, it's not really in demand right now. So, you know, thrift stores are pretty good at noticing when things are in demand and when they're not, especially consignment stores because they only take in certain things at certain times of the year. So if you shop for that stuff now, it's going to be at a much lower cost than it is when you're trying to look for things in the middle of summer. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's just a little fun tip for you guys. But thrifting is something that has helped to kind of evolve my fashion sense. And I'm really grateful for that because it's so fun to thrift because you are 
you're practically the only person with that article of clothing, you know, because I was, well, I was at a consignment store the other day and I was looking through the racks and I saw like two or three shirts that were from American Eagle that were exact shirts that I had in eighth grade. And I was like, ew, I would never wear this now. But, you know, like they're in the thrift store and so like I find them in the thrift store and they're things that I owned because they came from American Eagle you know it's a mass produce it's a mass production of the same it's the mass production of the same article of clothing so like no wonder I had it but the stuff that I'm thrifting now the stuff that I'm buying it's not stuff that I really think other people have or that other people are gonna wear which is really cool so I've really grown to love thrifting for that reason in particular because I found a pair of Vans at a consignment store the other day that I think someone had customized for them because I've never seen Vans like this on the market before and they they're like kind of like a brighter teal color like across like the toe part of the vans and then they have like a zebra print going across them and then the tongue of the shoe is bright purple. I mean they are they're not vans really that you would see selling in the store and they're definitely not vans that I have seen other people wear before but you know kind of crazier funkier shoes are coming into the light and you know chunkier shoes and stuff like that just having statement shoes have been really popular recently and I have loved that so much but spending that much money on a customized pair of shoes has never sat well with me. I don't I personally don't want to spend that much money on something that I probably won't like a few years down the line from now but I found these at a consignment store for literally 14 bucks and I bought them and I threw them in the washer so that they would get all nice and clean and then I set them out to dry for like one and a half days and they look brand new like I don't think the person that bought them really wore them that much because they don't look worn down at all so I can style them however I want with whatever I want and I'm not out a lot of money and I bought them sustainably so I feel really good about that purchase and I don't feel like anyone else is going to be walking around with teal and zebra striped shoes. So that's pretty awesome to me. I feel like I feel like shopping secondhand for shoes is kind of frowned upon, but if you just like really take a look at the shoes that you're buying before you buy them, then I think it's a pretty good idea. And you can always wash things. You can scrub them down with a toothbrush and some soap if you want to, to really make sure they're getting precise and clean, because I know that I've done that before. But, you know, just check out all avenues of your thrift store, you know? Don't don't say no to the thrifted shoes. I've bought several pairs of secondhand shoes in my life, and they have always served me well. So don't hate. Don't hate. So let's talk a little bit about my fashion journey throughout the years, and we're going to start at middle school because I don't really have a memory of what elementary school looked like for me. I just know it was a lot of leggings because I went through this period of my life where I was resentful to jeans, and I feel like we all kind of had this. I feel like we all went through something similar, but I mean, since I was a little one till when I was like literally almost going into sixth grade, I did not wear jeans. I hated jeans so much. They were they were gross, and they were uncomfortable, and they just, they always felt weird, and they weren't that cute. I mean, I really didn't like jeans, so I had quite the extensive leggings collection. There was one pair that I had that had, like, sequins kind of, like, embedded in them, so when I would, like, shift my legs around, they would, like, change colors. I mean, it was the ultimate pair of leggings, and I wish I knew where they were today, but they definitely wouldn't fit me. I've grown quite a lot since since fourth grade but that was that was a stellar pair of leggings I mean it was good and I went through this major Star Wars phase in fifth grade 
Uh, right after I had seen all of the Star Wars movies, I went to Kohl's and they had like just released a Star Wars line. So I bought, I mean, tons and tons of Star Wars clothes, jackets, hoodies, shirts, all of it. And I had this one, do you guys remember like, I mean, like you know, we all know like pullover quarter zip sweatshirts. They've been a thing forever. I had one that was made out of like dry fit material and it was lime green. And on the back, it had a big sequence Yoda on it. And it had like to be or not to be or whatever his famous saying is written in sequence on the back underneath the giant sequence Yoda head. And you guys remember like in pullovers like that, it was a trend to have like thumb holes in the sleeve so that you could like wear the sleeve yeah what happened to that why was that ever a thing I don't know but the shirt had that in it and I wore that I mean all the time in fifth grade and I paired it with like the galaxy leggings that I was just telling you about so that I really looked like a Star Wars geek I mean it was it was something else it was quite amazing there's probably a picture of it out there somewhere but I'm not going to go looking for it because I don't really want to see that. I have, I've got a pretty good memory of what that looks like, <laughs> but that, yeah, went through a big Star Wars phase, and uh, let's talk about sixth grade. So, um, sixth grade was kind of strange. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends in sixth grade because it's hard when you just come out of elementary school and you have like your elementary school friends and then you get thrown in with like two or three different schools in middle school and you there's all of these different people and there's all these different friend groups that you're trying to figure out which one you belong to sixth grade was just an endless battle of me trying to find a sustainable group of friends and I'll be honest and say that I never found it. I never found a good group of friends in sixth grade, honestly. It was just me willing to be friends with anyone that came my way. So I would dress in an extremely people-pleasing way. Like if there was something that all the other kids were doing, I was going to dress like that so that maybe that crowd would take me in or maybe this group would say, hey, let's talk to her when we go outside or something like that because we walked the track a lot in sixth grade I don't know why but we did do that a lot so I would like I said I would dress in a people-pleasing way Ugg boots were quite my thing in sixth grade I would never or my parents would never buy Ugg boots like brand new because they are ridiculously expensive tell me who would ever spend that much money on a pair of fur boots I mean, like, looking back, that was, that's quite absurd. So we bought them secondhand somewhere. I can't remember where. I'm actually starting to think that a family friend donated them to me, which is very sweet. Um, and I would wear them all the time with jeans, with leggings. I was very into colored jeans, like purple jeans or like blue jeans but like you know like not like blue jeans but like jeans that were blue I think that I hope that makes sense but I was really into that and I would wear my Ugg boots with those they were tan Ugg boots they weren't like the skinny black ones that everyone else had but I really did like them and they really do keep your feet warm on the cold winter and fall days that I would have to go to dance I'd slip my feet down in the Ugg boots and they kept me pretty warm because, you know, like you have to wear tights and stuff to dance and they offer little to no protection from the outdoor elements. So the Ugg boots came in handy then, I will say. Gotta give props to the Ugg boots. But we all definitely went through an Ugg boot phase. So mine was in sixth grade and it was quite, it was honestly quite the result of me just trying to fit in with people and just trying to find friends in a group that would accept me. And I think that it's really cool that fashion plays into that, where we think to ourselves, like, if I dress this way, then this crowd will like me, or if I look like this, then this crowd will like me. And I think that that's cool, because I'll be honest and say that I haven't overly thought about that until now, but the way that you handle trends 
it plays into your friend group and the people that you associate yourself with. And I talk more on that later when I talk about freshman year me and my fashion choices. So now let's move on to like seventh and eighth grade, which I've kind of bundled together because they're kind of a blur, but I will give you some distinct differences. Seventh grade was quite the show. I was kind of emo, not gonna lie. I was kind of in that state of my life. I just discovered Panic at the Disco. So I went to Hot Topic and I bought myself a Panic at the Disco shirt and I sported that bad boy all the time. And not gonna lie, I did get a few compliments on it, but um, it was one of those things where like I didn't know how to style it. So I would wear it with the same pair of jeans, like every week, like at least once a week. And uh, looking back, that should have never happened. I should have never let myself do that. But I had one Panic at the Disco shirt. I think I had a 21 Pilot shirt. I saw Why Don't We in concert that year, so I had my concert hoodie, and I would wear that all the time, and I was getting my hair colored a lot that year, so, you know, you pair the, you pair, (laughs) you pair the odd band t-shirts in with, like, the freshly colored blonde hair on someone who's obviously brunette, and uh, the same pair of skinny jeans, and then I think... I think I wore low-top white Converse every single day of seventh grade. You know, it's quite a look. That creates quite the identity for yourself. And not gonna lie, I still listen to Panic! at the Disco, but I don't have any merch, which feels good. That feels comfortable to me. And I still have the Why Don't We concert hoodie, because why would I ever get rid of that? It's so comfortable. I don't wear it anymore, but it's so comfortable. It has, like, fuzz on the inside so that it keeps you real nice and warm. So, you know, that was seventh grade. It was quite the year. I feel like I feel like because seventh grade is in the middle of your middle school years, it's quite the transitional period where, like, I've been in middle school for a year. I kind of have, like, my ideas set about what I feel about middle school So now I'm going to start dressing kind of how I want to dress, but it's not all the way there yet. And then eighth grade, like, things start to explode. So let's talk about eighth grade. Eighth grade, I don't even know how to define that because it definitely wasn't style. (laughs) Nothing about eighth grade was good. Nothing about eighth grade was overly phenomenal. Um... My style in eighth grade was very Y2K, which I don't know why. I I can't even, like, define that. Like, well, I, I can't define Y2K. But, like, I don't know why that was my style because never in my life have I overly liked that type of fashion. Um, I think it looks really good on the people that can pull it off, but I was never that kind of person. Like, if you look at me, you really probably would not think that I would have a Y2K fashion sense, but that was what I was wearing. And then I would wear like sporty things like Adidas and Nike. I bought I bought a black Nike hoodie, eighth grade year, that it was kind of turtlenecky, but it was like a layered turtleneck where you could kind of use it as a hoodie if you wanted to, but that's not how it was meant. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it was an odd style for Nike, but I wore that sweatshirt all the time, so it was very Y2K, it was very sporty, and then I was decently on trend with some things. I started shopping at American Eagle because I hadn't really done that in my past middle school years throughout 6th and 7th grade, so I had like I don't know, three or four American Eagle shirts that I really liked because American Eagle shirts are an incredible texture. Like they are, they are insanely soft. So, and I still have one of the shirts that I bought eighth grade year because it's adorable and I wear it all the time. But my style in eighth grade was kind of like, um, like just a mix of a bunch of different things that I probably should have never been wearing. Like 
it, none of it honestly looked that good. I got into tucking things in that year. So like tucking in literally all of my shirts into my pants. Like I don't think there is a single picture of me from eighth grade year where my shirt is not tucked in. And I really got big into belts where I would wear a belt with everything. And um, I would wear like nike socks with all of my shoes so that like you could so that you could like deliberately see the sock through the shoe I, it was a weird time it was a weird time for me eighth grade um middle school was kind of it was a different planet it was a different world and my fashion sense my fashion choices really really showcased that because i didn't know what i was doing at all throughout middle school. Nothing really happened that was that good, that was that substantial. So I don't know why eighth grade fashion was the way that it was, but that that's definitely the best way that I can describe it. It's just a collection of a bunch of things that I was finding on Pinterest. Pinterest is fantastic. I don't know where I would be without Pinterest because it helps me create mood boards for every single thing in my life. But eighth grade, I was really into the 90s, right? I was really into like, like the party aesthetic of the 90s, like, like deep dive into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all of those like alternative rock bands of that time, Sublime, The Offspring, just tons of things like that so I would like literally type into Pinterest Nirvana style aesthetic and then I would go to the mall or I would go to well I was kind of into thrifty in eighth grade year I'd go to the thrift store and I would try to find things that represented like the depths of the 90s aesthetic and then you would throw in Y2K and it would just be a complete mess but 90s fashion was definitely something that I was aiming for eighth grade year and I can't say that I accomplished it it wasn't overly successful but it is fun to look back and think that like that was my fashion that was what I was going for because it has completely changed now where I am in my life. I think that's pretty cool. It's always fun to look back and think about things like that. So freshman year of high school was quite the turn of events for me. Um, I mean, I feel like as we're all aware, my freshman year of high school was cut practically in half because of the virus. So it was definitely a weird year for fashion for me because I spent the beginning of my freshman year honestly kind of reverting back to my sixth grade self and trying to dress in a people-pleasing way. I had a way more American Eagle clothes than I ever have before in my life. And I had like five or six pairs of American Eagle skinny jeans. I mean, my closet, it honestly looked like basic threw up. I mean, it was quite, it was quite a weird experience for me because I have never felt that, I have never felt that way about clothes. Like I have never felt so compelled to dress as an exact photocopy as somebody else. But that is really what happened for me freshman year. I got Birkenstocks for the first time ever in 2019 when my freshman year started. And I have always liked the way that Birkenstocks looked. I always thought that they were cute and I still wear mine. I feel I think that they are some of the most convenient shoes ever because they are so easy to put on and they're so comfortable when your feet get adjusted to them. But I would wear them like all the time freshman year because I thought that they would make me popular which I, I have never had an overwhelming sense to be an extremely popular person. That has just kind of never been my vibe. I have never felt like, 
I've never felt like I have belonged in the popular group because I have known my entire life that that's not where I belong, like their interests and things like, thing, you know, stereotypical popular interests have never really been my thing. So I knew that that in general just that wasn't where I needed to be, but I still dressed as if that is where I needed to be. I mean, I was so obsessed with the idea of Birkenstocks making me popular that I wasn't really thinking about anything else. I bought a hydro flask that year and I love my hydro flask so much, okay? It's so like durable. I have dropped it so many times and it has a few dents in it, which is fine, but it has some dents in it, which doesn't really bother me, but it's a 32 ounce and it has a straw lid and I have never had a more convenient water bottle. It fits so nicely in the pocket of my backpack, and it holds so much water that I don't really get thirsty that often. I take it to dance with me, which that was a big reason why I bought it, was so that I could take it to dance with me and not feel like I was running out of water. And when I take it to, like, a, I take it everywhere with me. I take it to the gym with me. I take it to friends' houses and relatives' houses so that I don't have to, like, bother them by using one of their cups to fill it up with water or something. Just stick my Hydro Flask in their fridge and then, boom, got some water. I mean, it's genuinely a convenient bottle. I would recommend it to anybody. But I was buying things that were considered extremely popular at the time because that's that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be a popular person. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to make sure that I had a lot of friends and a lot of people to talk to and people's houses to go to and places to be invited to and dinner dates to go on. Like That is what I wanted out of my freshman year. I didn't get anything like that out of my freshman year, but that was the aim. Like That's what I was going for. And when I started my freshman year, it was 2019, and that was when the whole Visco Girl thing was going around. And I kind of wanted to talk about that for a second because I did want to talk about trends for a while, or for a bit at least. So with the whole Visco Girl thing, I never understood why people made fun of it as much as they did. Okay? Let's be honest. I I don't understand what was so wrong with it that people didn't like it. Like beaded bracelets? Okay, those are so cute. I cur- I'm currently wearing two different Pura Vida bracelets because they're simple and they're cute and they don't irritate your skin. And I have I have what would Jesus do bracelets? and a he would love first bracelet and I put my hair up in buns well I can't do it anymore because I cut my hair really short but that's not the point I would always put my hair up in a bun and leggings are just comfortable Birkenstocks are cute hydro flasks are good water bottles you know I like wearing necklaces and I like I don't know I like wearing lip gloss and stuff like the things that were considered visco girl were just genuine interests that girls had. And, I mean, I could talk about this for a long time, but I feel like it all goes back to, and it's all rooted in misogyny, and it's all rooted in the fact that females can't enjoy anything without someone hating on it. And I could talk about that for literally ever, but you guys know that TikTok trend that was going around not that long ago where it was like, girls can't like anything because there's always something wrong with it. Like you can't be a video game girl because then you're trying too much to be like a guy and you're no longer feminine because you like things that are typically considered masculine. And, oh, you play a sport? Oh, well, that's a good way to try and attack a a male-dominated area of life. Oh, you like to do math? You like STEM? Oh, well, that's a good way at trying to be somebody else. That's a good way at trying to be someone else's job and to take someone else's title. You know, like you, oh, you like Visco? You like dressing this way? Oh, well, that's a good way to try to be like every single other girl in the world. Like, Oh my gosh, this is, in a way, it's a separate tangent, but I hate that that is even a thing. I hate that females are looked at in that way because it's so wrong on so many levels and people just, 
I mean, struggle so badly to see where that division and why that is a problem. They struggle so hard to see that. But I hate that Visco girls were hated on so much because, I mean, like, I don't want to say, like, I was a Visco girl, but I had hints of Visco in me, and I genuinely just enjoyed it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dress that way now, and I wouldn't talk like how I used to talk then now, but, because, you know, people say all the time, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I brought that back. But that was a thing, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I was a girl and <laughs> it's so funny to make that sound. But, you know, that was kind of the person that I was my freshman year. And, you know, it was a trend, but because it was a trend, it was hated on. And I really don't like that because at the end of the day, I mean, like, it's about what you like and we can't use trends for the wrong way. Like me thinking that I was going to become popular by wearing Birkenstocks is an example of using trends in the wrong way. But if something is trending and it's something that you genuinely enjoy, just go do it. Like regardless of who you are or how you have previously dressed or previously acted or these are your friends or, you know, regardless of any of that, if you like it, then do it. You know what I'm saying? It's not about anybody else. It's always been about you. And that is one of the biggest lessons that I have had to learn and that I've had to take in over the years is that literally it has never been about anybody else. It's always been about you. Fashion is about you. It's about your personality. It's about your self-expression. It's about everything that you love. If you like to mix polka dots with stripes, then by all means, do it. I can't, I honestly can't think of a time where someone wore something that I personally wouldn't wear but it bothered me so much that they were wearing it that I couldn't sit comfortable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't, I don't like polka dots. Just personally, polka dots are not my thing. But if I see someone else wearing polka dots, I'm not going to tell them no. I'm not going to tell them to stop. I'm not going to tell them to go home and change because I don't like polka dots. Like, however you dress, it doesn't impact me and it doesn't bother me one bit at all. Honestly, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, and that's a problem that I have with like school dress codes too, is that I feel like dress codes are put in place to kind of deliberately stop kids from self-expression. Like, so when Harry was on the cover of Vogue and he was wearing a dress, that was obviously a big blow up in the media and we all have our own opinions about it, whatever. I don't really care. But, you know, regardless of how you think, it's a form of self-expression, period. That's it. That's all fashion is. That's all fashion has ever been. Fashion doesn't have rules. It doesn't have lines. It doesn't have stigma. Well, I mean, it has stigmas, but it shouldn't have stigmas. It doesn't, it has never once had a gender. So just wear whatever it is that you want. But where I was going with the Harry Vogue thing was there was this, um, there was a student uh, I can't remember if I think it I think it was a, a male student that went to a private school. Okay, so you know, private schools they wear uniforms. That's what you're paying for. And the student showed up to school in a dress, like right after the Vogue issue came out. The student showed up to school in a dress and they told him to like that he has to change. He has to find different clothes, he has to go he has to go back home or he has to go to the student resource center and he has to change clothes and the student was just like refusing because like this is a form of self-expression if he wants to wear a dress like let the kid wear a dress because it has never once impacted the life of another individual and the article was it was like um like a commentary that a woman that that the mom wrote and it was called like 
thank you, Harry, now I'm left here to pick up the pieces, or something like that. It was something titled like that, where she was just so upset at Harry wearing the dress because then her son went to school in a dress, and then the son got in trouble, and then because he refused to not wear it, she then got in trouble, so now she's left here to pick up the pieces. And I've just never understood that because fashion is fashion. I I mean, I get like you're paying for your kid to go to a private school and they kind of have to abide by the rules, but that's what I meant by I feel like dress code is there to prevent kids from self-expression. And I really don't like that and I really don't agree with that, but I feel like that's something that we have to progressively work towards changing in the future. So let's talk about my fashion now, since we talked about freshman year a little bit. Let's talk about my fashion now. I haven't really started dressing for myself until September, honestly. So it hasn't been that long because I was always so scared to put myself out there like that because I always thought that it would make me very vulnerable to dress how I want to dress. And in a sense, it does kind of put you in a vulnerable position because if you start doing what you want, then I feel like you're kind of more open to, uh, you know, hearing what people have to say about you, considering that this is now what you've always wanted to be. Does that make sense? Like, if you're dressing for other people, then in a sense, you're not overly concerned about what they think of you because you feel like you've already fallen into their group of them. But if you dress for yourself, you're kind of interested to know what people have to think about you now that you have taken this kind of individual aspect to yourself. So... In a sense, it does kind of put you in a little bit of a vulnerable position, but I don't think I have made this good of a decision in a long time. Dressing for yourself and not dressing for other people is such a good feeling. Like going, I went to the thrift store, like I said, this weekend, and I bought a turtleneck that has cats and hearts on it. It's literally, it has little cartoon cats on it and then blue and red hearts on it. Never in my life did I ever think that I would buy that kind of like turtleneck or a turtleneck in general, but it's gotten to the point where like, this is what I like, so I'm going to wear it. This is something that it drawed my attention, so I'm going to buy it and I'm going to wear it and I'm going to figure out something to do with it, you know? So dressing for yourself is... It's a game, and it's something that you have to work into and you have to ease into, but it's so fun. I mean, it's so fun, you know? Buying those fun and cool pants that you've always wanted to buy, but you've always been too scared to buy, just buy them and put them on, and then wear them, and then boom, don't even think about it. I wore brown corduroy flares to school a few months ago. I guess it was in December, maybe. Yeah, I think it was probably in December when I wore them to school for the first time. And I was so nervous because I was scared about what other people were going to think of me. I was scared that someone was going to look at me in brown corduroy flares and they were going to think that I was weird and that I was kind of like an outcast. But then it got to the point throughout the day where my mind was being so consumed by that feeling that someone was going to think I was weird for wearing the pants that I want to wear that it was like eating at my mind that you just at a, at a point you have to tell it to stop. You have to tell that inner monologue to stop deteriorating you like that. Like this is what I have wanted. You're the only person that is standing in the way of you breaking your own barrier and becoming and dressing and evolving in the way that you want. And a major, I mean, like, I know we've talked about him a lot today on the podcast, but a major inspo for that, a major inspo for that for me was Harry, Harry Styles. I mean, talk about a fashion icon, so incredible. I mean, he does whatever he wants to do. And if you don't find that inspirational, then I just don't even know what to tell you anymore. But the way, I mean, and his music has a lot to do with this for me. And I could sit here and I could talk about it for hours. But I don't know. It's something, something about him made me feel comforted 
in starting to express myself through fashion and now when I go shopping or if I put on an outfit that I'm not 100% sure about, I literally think to myself, Harry Styles would tell me to wear it. He would tell me to not fear and to wear it because it's what I want to wear. It doesn't matter about other people's opinions. It doesn't matter how I get perceived at school or in the grocery line. If it's what I want, then it's what I want. And that that has just really stood with me throughout this whole fashion journey. And I feel like it sounds kind of elementary to talk about fashion in this sense where like, oh, this person helped me feel this way about fashion and this and that. But it's so true. And, you know, like the inspo for this whole episode in itself was Emma Chamberlain because I listened to her episode about it. And her fashion is so cool because she just does what she wants to do. She doesn't worry about what other people think of her. She doesn't worry about what other people are going to wear or something. She just does it. And that's cool. That's how it should be. We shouldn't have to be so consumed and so worried about how other people are going to perceive us. If it's what we want to do, then it's what we want to do, you know? So let's talk about some of your guys' response to fashion and hear what you have to say. So a lot of you said that, like, you get to express yourself, I can express myself, form of self-expression, things like that. A lot of you said stuff like that, and I feel like that's kind of what I've been talking about for, you know, possibly 40 minutes now, but, or longer than that. I feel like this episode is going to be oddly long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it is, but even if it's not, um, but I feel like that is what I've been talking about pretty heavily for at least the last five minutes is that it is a huge form of self-expression and I completely agree and I stand by you in that sense because fashion is so individual and it's so uniquely crafted to each individual person that like it's so fun that you can express yourself in that way, especially in a world that I feel like is simultaneously trying to silence a lot of people. If you can still express yourself in a way that is pretty unsilent, in a sense, I think that that is pretty cool. Someone said, I like that trends resurface. It kind of connects generations and eras. And I think that that is so cool. That is such an interesting point that for whatever reason, I didn't think of, but it's really true. Um, especially now, my style with like the corduroy flares, you know, big pants, little shirt, big shirt, little pants type of a thing. I feel like that really connects to the 60s and 70s era, and that is so cool because you know it does it does help connect um, cultures and generations. The other day, I was wearing. A blazer with like a casual outfit. I bought a blazer on clearance at Target a while ago and I paired it with a brown sweater and just um, boyfriend jeans from Old Navy and Converse I think. Like it was a pretty casual outfit. I just threw the blazer on for like a coat for like warmth and I went I was talking to my mom and my grandma and they my grandma pointed out my blazer and she was like oh, this is really old school. That's so cool. And then my mom was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had something just like this in high school. And that's so fun. You know, you don't get those kind of conversations every day. You don't get those kind of interactions often. But something that I am doing in 2021 is connecting to my parent that was in high school in the 90s. And my grandma, who has been around, you know, for at least a while, you know, in order to be a grandma. And the way that she notices that it's a trend from an older generation and the way that my mom can specifically connect to it just through an article of clothing, I think that's really cool. And it's kind of like the thing where like TV shows and smells and foods kind of connect you to your childhood. I feel like fashion can do the same thing in connecting generations and eras. So that's pretty cool. And then someone else said, um, in all caps, big pants, which I just love that because I've been really, I've really been into big pants recently. White flares. I have this one specific pair of white flare jeans that I'm quite obsessed with. And then they go on to say that anyone can wear anything and make it look good if they are confident. And that, 
That's so true. That is so accurate. And I love that she brought that up in her little response because confidence, I feel like, is key to a lot of things. You know, if you have confidence that you can do something, even if you fail at it, the confidence is what matters. You know, going into a room thinking that you have what it takes, and even if you underperform just a little bit, you still had the confidence and it brought you to the end. It carried you through the process. So if you put on an outfit that you're not 100% sure about, but you're confident in your skin and you feel secure in just the way that you look, it brings your outfits up to a whole new light and to a whole new standard. And I think that that is really cool. So it is so true that you can wear absolutely anything and it will look good regardless as long as you are confident. So I really did love that. And that was fun to get to hear from you guys. I haven't done that yet. So that is the first time that we have had like like audience interaction on the podcast, which is so fun. So that was really interesting. I loved all of the takes that you guys had to say on it. So that is all that I have for today's episode. I feel like we talked about a lot. I feel like we uncovered a lot of things, which is pretty amazing. So I hope that you enjoyed. Let's talk a little bit about small joy. Um, I don't think I really have something specific this time. I bought new matcha powder that I had never tried before. Um, got this giant bag of it from TJ Maxx, and it is delicious. Um, I always feel iffy about trying new matcha powders, but this one is pretty good, so that's a small joy, and for some reason, I'm feeling pretty good about the upcoming week, so, um, let's hope that that feeling continues and that the week lives up to expectations. I don't know why, but let's hope it does. So that is all that I have episode-wise for you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed. Make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode where me and Mackenzie talked about the IF conference and a bunch of lessons that we learned and things that Jesus showed us and taught us throughout the week. I feel like that's a pretty good episode, so... I hope that you guys enjoy. If you have any episode requests at all, send them into the podcast. Um, somehow I have made it like three weeks without talking about the podcast art. I don't know why. I just have always forgot to mention it. But the wonderful Jen, she made me some incredible and unique podcast art that you are looking at right now. And I feel extremely blessed that she got to work with me on this. And well, that I got to work with her on this because she was the whole creator of it all. And that we have something pretty personal to us now. And this podcast cover art will go with us for a very long time. I think probably for a couple of seasons. So that is extremely exciting. We also now have a website up. Um, I realize that the button links to all of the platforms that you can listen to didn't work when the website was originally launched, which I am sorry about. I did not mean for that to happen. I don't know why that happened, but it did. So so I have gone in and I have corrected and fixed all of the links. So they now are up and running for you guys. So the website is in the the bio of the Instagram account, which is at it's just right pod underscore. Make sure you go follow over on Instagram. And yeah, that is all that I have for you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed and I will be back here next week. Bye.